What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. My website is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Baum and Podcast. In all seriousness, y'all, I uh, truly appreciate everybody who checks out the show. Just went over the century mark with episode 100 featuring Doc Coyle of Bad Wolves, Vegas Nerve, God Forbid, The Wedding Band. All around great guy and guitarist, talented dude, humble dude. So I just want to say once again, I, I truly appreciate everybody who takes the time to like, subscribe. If you tell a friend to tell a friend, spreading the word about the show. Hopefully these conversations have the purpose that I intend them to, which is to inspire people to chase their dreams and persevere and push through anything that they're going through, man. So uh, again, big thank you to each and every one of you who has helped me get to this point. It's been a fun ride over the last couple of years doing these shows and to uh, get to episode 100 wouldn't have been possible without all the people who love and support me and encourage me to keep doing what I'm doing. All the awesome people that I've gotten to connect with who have been on this show, you all know who you are. So, and, and some of you, this might be your first time listening, man. So, uh, to everybody, man, I just want to say thank you uh, because it, it takes a community, man, uh, to make positive things happen and make positive changes. And uh, I'm a small fish in a very big pond out here in podcasting, man, but uh, I try to do what I can with my platform. Uh, you know, no matter how small it is compared to some other ones, man, and there's always failure in comparison, but I really try to do what I can with, with my words and with this show to spread love and positivity out there. So big thank you to everybody who helped me get to episode a hundred, man. Uh, and once again, if you haven't checked it out, it's awesome, but this is episode 101 and I'm not going to spend too much time pontificating in the beginning of this because I had a great conversation with these guys. They have been on the show before. I actually had individual episodes with each one of them. And then when there was a, a new music release this year, I was like, you know what, man? Like, I think it'd be cool to get both of them on here and talk about their business partnership uh, with the music that they're putting out there and, uh, you know, talk about their friendship and their relationship over the last couple of years. The guys that I have on this week's show for March 4th are Shaw Calhoun and Danny Nono of Big Eleanor Records. Shaw Calhoun is an amazing hip-hop artist. I truly love his work. Had him on here when my regards dropped. And Danny Nono is an awesome musician in his own right, a very talented drummer. But he founded Big Eleanor Records, and he puts out Shaw's music on Big Eleanor, and those guys have had a cool business partnership over the last few years as Shaw has continued to make his name in the game, man, and uh, I really love what he's doing. He's he's a really unique voice, in my opinion, compared to, and again, there's always failure in comparison, and I hate comparing things, but for the sake of just this conversation, and those of you who are hip-hop heads out there, I really think he's got a unique voice uh, compared to a lot of the stuff that's in the zeitgeist right now, and that's not to be dismissive of all the stuff that's out there right now. And the stuff that's hitting the airwaves, man, um, because there's a lot of great talent. But I really think Shaw is a, is a dude who 
you know, with that boom bap style and the style of the beats that he uses in his music. It's just, it's just a cool change of pace from, from a lot of the stuff that's out there, man. And I really, really dig it. Like I said, I had him on here when my regards came out, his latest EP is fly Langston, which just dropped in February. And it's super cool, man, with, uh, the, the jazz beats. Um, and, and he's a big sports fan and former athlete. And so there's a lot of really cool drops, uh, you know, that he, that he makes throughout the record from Mia Hamm to MJ, to LaMelo Ball, Deion Sanders, Paul Pierce, Denzel, Jesus Shuttlesworth. I mean, it's really cool. And in addition to that, you know, he talks about real-world uh, subjects that are going on right now in terms of, you know, the tension in America, mass shootings, you know, Republican, Republicans and Democrats, and kind of how everything seems to be on the same team, COVID. Like, it's a very um, in-the-moment type of EP from that regard uh, as well in terms of just modern – uh, times and the things that that are going on here in the United States, man, uh, that have been on display globally uh, for good and for bad, man. But uh, but yeah, I really dug it. You know, like I said, I enjoyed my regards, um, and it, it, that was such an awesome listen. And it was great to get him on here for that. And and I really feel like he stepped up his game even more with Fly Langston. It, it was su- super super cool, and the artwork was uh, was really awesome on it as well. <laughs> And so, yeah, man, it, uh, it was just, it was just a a good timing. I felt like with that coming out, um, Danny had actually hit me up earlier in the year, right around the time of its release. And I had a lot of episodes stacked up, which is, which is good, you know, to, to be busy and to have people, um, who want to do the show. And, um, I wanted to circle back with them because I was like, man, I, I, you know, I really dig this and I want to get these guys on. And, and I thought, you know, man, I, I haven't had Danny on in a minute. Um, and I talked to Shaw, gosh, it was probably late, excuse me, late 2022, I think around July, August of last year. So, uh, excuse me again, man, every time I hit record, man, I swear I always get the burpees start coming up, man. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to get both of these guys on here because I thought it would be cool to talk about once again, their business partnership, how they came to know each other, you know, how Shaw decided that working with Danny would be cool in terms of putting his music out through big Eleanor and, uh, the cool things that they're doing. You know, one of the, one of the things that they did for fly Langston was back in March, they had an event in DC which was really cool. It was like an art gallery meets live music and Shaw was performing. There were other creators there as well. And it was cool to see that on Instagram. And I just thought, man, it'd be, it'd be awesome if I could circle back around in the springtime and get both of these dudes on here and talk about Fly Langston and their relationship and just all the cool things they're doing with Shaw's music and, and Big Eleanor, man. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Shaw Calhoun and Danny Nono of Big Eleanor Records. Here it is. All right, Shaw, Danny, thank you so much again, dudes, for taking the time on a Saturday with me to come back on the podcast. Both of you guys have had individual appearances on here before. And uh, it's been cool to just keep an eye on you from a distance and see the multiple projects that you're working on. And when Fly Langston came out, and and Danny, thank you again for sending that to me. I loved it. And it's been a busy start to the year. And I was like, man, I just I want to circle back with these guys when I get some stuff opening up in the springtime to get them back on the show. And I thought it would be cool to 
get you both on here together to talk about just your friendship and, and your relationship with, with Big Eleanor Records and everything you guys are doing, man. So thank you so much for taking the time to come back on. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Definitely it's a pleasure to get back on, for sure. Yeah, appreciate it. This is Danny Nono, Big Eleanor Records, uh, Shaw Calhoun, uh, one of the best underground rappers in the game right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I concur. I concur. It's a third party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbiased third party. <laughs> well, let's 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 start with with your guys's relationship, man. Um, I, I think I I mean Shaw the the first time you are, we talked a little bit about it, but just how your guys's worlds came together. You know, obviously both of you guys are are great uh, musicians in your own right. Um, but talk to me just about sort of that, that East coast connection and, and, and that first meeting and how you first came in touch with each other. Cause I think it was Mariana was the first project, right. That you did together. Correct. Yeah. It was the first project that we le released it under big Eleanor, but uh, we pretty much became partners soon after the, uh, the Rudy tape release. At first I was skeptical cause I didn't know who he was, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I had double back. It was like, you know what I'm saying? I get this dude a try. I had no choice. Not, 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 it was <laughs> It was not. I take that back. It wasn't like I had no choice. It wasn't that I had no choice. It was like, hey, I mean, what's what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, he uh, after the Rudy tape, uh, I don't know if you've given that a listen or anyone just listener go listeners go back and give that a listen. Uh, Shaw did that on his own, basically. Uh, I I heard it right after Big Eleanor started. It was like Big Eleanor, like the idea and whatever came to be like January 1st or something was like my first post and the Rudy tape, Rudy tape came out on like December 25th or something like that. So I was just like on Bandcamp searching and I hit him up and he just like, I don't want to say he dissed me at first because he didn't diss me, but he was just like, cool, thanks for reaching out. I'm going I'm to see what else is up or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like it was literally like one of the first people I reached out to. Uh, and then a couple months later, he reached back and was just like, I got denied by everybody. What's up? <laughs> basically, basically, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah, I, I have no choice. <laughs> I have no choice. Yeah. Like, no, I think uh, a lot of people uh, just kind of to touch on that because, like, obviously, we're poking fun at each other and stuff like that. But uh, I think both of us were just very young in our careers, where it's like. I was just beginning. I was not anything in the rap world. So he was just like, who is this guy? Like this guy coming on, just like, yo, I skateboard, but I want to help you. Like what, like, you know what I mean? Like, what does that even mean in context to what he's trying to accomplish? And then same with, you know, him trying to approach all these, you know, potential quote unquote bigger publications or whatever. It's like, you know, he was a little younger in his career and all that. So I feel like that kind of got him a little overlooked regardless of how good the work actually was. I think it was just like how young he was in his career. Um, so then it just, you know, we kind of circled back and just kind of started talking after that a couple months. So maybe like two or three months after he released the Rudy tape, which again is fucking phenomenal project. That shit's good. So that shit's real good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and it's understandable too, right? If there's, if there's a, uh a healthy level of skepticism with anybody you first come into contact with, especially if it's, especially if it's online, you know what I mean? And, um, and even, even me as a podcaster, like, you know, having a, a smaller audience compared to a lot of shows out there, even though I've worked to build it and, 
bring people from different musical genres, different walks of life, because that's the stuff that that I enjoy the most is just trying to bring people together. Because, you know, I think deep down, we all want the same things. Everybody's just trying to to live and eat and hopefully chase their dreams. And that's what this show exists for. But but I've gotten a few no's before. I've gotten some people who didn't email back and it's like, okay, it's cool. You know, you don't, you don't take it personally. That's, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is not taking it personally, but I think it's cool that you guys um, eventually linked up, but, but yeah, I could see the skepticism a little bit being like, all right, this dude's a drummer. He comes from the punk world, skateboarder, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm out here, you know, as a hip hop artist, like, but I, it seems like, uh, and Shaw, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the worlds have come together really well. Yeah, oh, but not. Nah, but like the first thing was, it wasn't even like the skateboard or the drummer thing. Like I didn't mind it. I didn't mind that. It was just like, who's this big Illinois records? You know what I mean? You hear the records part of it. It's like, okay, like this was this was serious business to whatnot. They wanted to do business with me, so I didn't know who they were. Uh, do they have artists? So like, are they are they known or they're not known? It was just like all that stuff was going through my head, and it's like if they presented me a contract. Like with the contract, like I gotta take this to, you know, what I'm saying to representative. That's what I, that was going through my head the entire time. And then the proposition that he presented me was a good deal, but I was so naive at the time and so young. I said, Nah, nah, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my bad. I was gonna say I don't even want to like. I can't even fault to do. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't even take it personal because like I've dealt with managers and you know records and other people and stuff like that and it it does suck so it's just like yeah if you get hit up by a random person more times than not uh it has been on some you know stupid conversations and dumb contacts at least in the underground rap world up to this point so it's just like yeah i i i completely understand where it's just like if i but also it's just like funny because I was using like the records and like that word as like a public perception to make people to take me seriously. So I was like, fuck, this guy just took me too seriously. Now. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like backfired. Right. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was def- definitely brilliant, brilliant idea when he explained it. So like, ah, okay. I get where you're coming from. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once I gave in. <laughs> yeah. So how, how many years has it been now? Since since you guys first came into contact and, and have had this relationship going? I lost count because we've been putting in so much work. I lost count. It feels like yeah, forever. So Mar- good Mariana way. came out in 2021. So it was just, you know, earlier 2021. It had to be probably pre-summer. I think like April or something, just like if I had to guess. Okay. So, yeah, we'll say, uh, what what is that, two years? 21, to, yeah. To 20, yeah, two two years to today, I guess we'll say. <laughs> so, from, so from that first um that first reaching out danny like and, and shaw how long was it after that that you guys actually were able to meet in person and then shaw that you you know that it came together and you were like this is a good this is a good opportunity i think this could be something cool uh not right away because i was still like you know i'm still doing things by myself so he just was like i'm not trying to change up what you're doing i'm just I'm just trying to enjoy it for the ride for right now doing the whole rudy tape so i was pretty much shooting a video for that so he came down for one of the shoots even though i pretty much at the end i pretty much did decided not to to to, to release it but he didn't really there. talk about that time too much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we were just starting out. <laughs> that was just, yeah, just learning curves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, learning, learning curves. And I mean, and, I, and, I, and we say that not to say it wasn't his fault. It just that who we was doing business with. So it's like, yeah. 
<laughs> but he was down for that whole process and whatnot and pretty much has partnered up ever since. And honestly, I don't blame him. He was ready to like get it over with because I was like, okay, well, since that one's a dud, let me just shoot this last song and that's it. And we're finished. We can just jump right into like what I was planning on doing. <clears throat> and what was funny was with that second project, which was Mar Mariana, he pretty much took the words right out of my mouth before I could bring anything to the table. He wanted to do something with like an old Italian type of poster, like in the mid, in like in the seventies, something like that, something like Jaws or something like that. So I always had Mariana, the, the title Mariana, in my head. I pretty much wasn't sure, and I knew the, the route I wanted to take far as production wise. I just didn't know when I was going to release it. I pretty much going into it, I definitely wanted to have something like Drumless, like, but. I know it was like the Mariana Drench and whatnot, but originally, like my vision for it was more like James Bondish. So it's pretty much like right around in the same pocket in terms of production wise. Like if you're into like James Bond and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. cool about uh, about these releases that you're doing, man. It's like um again, it's like it's a it's a full it's a full production from the artwork because I feel like nowadays too, we live in this digital age, right? And even though vinyl has made a huge comeback and i think the younger generation enjoys having having like the physical copies of stuff now you still see people pumping out singles and releases and i think what's cool about what you guys are doing and with your releases is <clears throat> each egp has been its own vibe and it's had its own its own project you know aspect from it from the artwork to the music to the beats and uh, what I love about the music is it really takes you somewhere. It's like you're you're part of this story from from front to back. Like I felt that way when I listened to Mariana, um, checking out the Rudy tape, and then you know going to My Regards was was really cool and getting a chance to have you on the podcast for that. And then now Fly Langston, same thing. It's like, and and I I love the the jazz influence on on Fly Langston. I I don't know. I there's just something about those type of beats, um, and we can get into that too. That I that I really love, man, because it's um. It's like old school, new school at the same time because I, a lot of the stuff that's out there in the mainstream, you don't you don't hear that too much anymore in that boom bap style. So, uh, and that's right. a lot of stuff that I like from like the early '90s and whatnot, man. So I don't even know if there's a question in there other than just uh -huh. to say kudos, kudos to both of you for putting out like a full, yeah. you know, a full art project to me. <laughs> to me, it's it's more than music. It's like it's it truly is. Um, I mean, music is obviously an art form, but. Um, Front to back, man, I, I just really dig the catalog and how you guys put these releases out. In terms of like the physical art ideas, I have to credit that to my guy right over here, Danny. You know what I mean? The whole the cover art theme or whatnot and what he planned on doing, making it more like artsy to what it is. Now, the idea, I came up with the idea, just fly Langston. I wasn't really sure of like which avenue I was going to take with it, but um, he pretty much helped out. Let me know, like, hey, just just make it ode to the Harlem Renaissance and put it as your own twist to it, but make it current as well. You know what I mean? Talk about current events on top uh, of that as well. Just just make something, just make something great that that Langston Hughes would actually be proud of. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to call it Fly Langston. I'm just on there talking about bitches and hoes and whatnot. I didn't want to take that route. So there, yeah. there's so much with the. Yeah, because what your rant uh, just like sparked a couple things, but yeah, there's so much with the Fly Langston, I guess, and Shaw just expand on that, where it's like a lot of people in the underground hip hop now are just like, oh, this is a new renaissance, a new renaissance, like they keep referring to that, and they're like, when they say that, they're referring to like, you know, like the 90s or when like, the, you know, the golden era of hip hop, and we were just like, or I was just like, yo, 
let's talk about the real renaissance like the harlem renaissance like let's talk let's take it like one step back and not just like focus on hip-hop let's talk about just like you know uh i don't want to just like you know it's it, there was a lot of african-american culture and stuff but just it, just the culture ex expansion in general of just like you know culture creativity and everything like everyone in modern hip-hop is just like oh new renaissance talking about that and like yo i think talking about the the original harlem renaissance was just like i think it just like is like an even broader mindset and i, I yeah sure I, I, again i don't even know what question to answer because there's a lot stated um but yeah, I, I I like that, you know, the Harlem Renaissance approach and Sean just knocked it out of the park for sure. And then production like, wise, production wise, you always gotta give flowers to my guy for limbs, you know what I'm saying? He yes. he entirely he he entirely produced the whole project, you know what I'm saying? Big shout outs to him, man. He definitely hit it home with all the beats with that one, man. But I, sure. I do I do wanna ask, I guess I'll ask a question now if that's cool. Cause I, I wanna take because my Go answer ahead. it's just like I'm I'm like a bored music nerd is the reason why I am just like so excited to go from like energy to energy to energy to energy from project but I guess Shaw like why were you or why are you so enthused to go from like like uh, like he was saying like obviously Mariana and then go and then my like it's all different energies like why are you so enthused to jump from different energies and stuff like that I just feel like as a great MC you just have to cover you know say cover almost every emotion or energy you know what I mean? To be well-rounded as a great MC. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. Or like a lyricist. So I and plus I always look at it, look at it as a challenge. You know what I mean? And each one is like a movie. You know what I mean? Like you're like a, you know what I'm saying, actor. So you wanna like keep on, you don't wanna do, you don't wanna be that one person who's known for this, that, and the third. You wanna, you know what I'm saying, do different ones. And honestly, it, it, like half of it is a lot of it like something that I always wanted to do anyway. So what do you mean by that? I mean, in terms of different energies, you know what I mean? Like, like for example, the future, the project that we hadn't mentioned, like it for the future, like uh, Vanilla Bean. I mean, I, I'm a bit, I'm a huge Parliament Funkadelic type fan. You know what I'm saying? So, and Funk and that whole '70s thing, like Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, the Commodores. Like, go, it go. You know what I'm saying? I could talk yeah. to you all day about like that whole I, '70s yeah. R&B. I guess what people don't realize is when we do these different projects, like we are basically like just we're pulling a whole different section of like inspiration so if we talk about mariana i'm naming a whole bunch of different artists and songs and stuff that inspired it as opposed to fly langston or as opposed to like you know what i mean we're we're jumping from literally different inspirations and that's i guess where i got back to the like being a, a bored music nerd where it's like you know pulling different energies where it's like we can cover some of our favorite artists without fully committing to their identity. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the cool things that, that drew me in to hip hop as I got older, um, I'm in my, I'm 35 now. Um, uh, but I would say it was probably like my early twenties when I, when I started to go back and really appreciate a lot of the stuff from the nineties. Um, and, and really what I like, from from a lot of that era and even even Shaw what you do is is the storytelling um and even when you said movie that reminded me of something that I wanted to to bring up in this conversation too where I do feel like there's almost like a a cinematic vibe to your to your releases cuz you're just you're just in the story when you listen to my regards when you listen to Fly Langston or go back and listen to Mariana and so I I think that's cool to hear you say that that you look of you look at it almost like like an actor looks at it like okay I want this project to be 
see if I can step my game up from from the last one because that's really that's really how I feel um, listening to it. And I think that's and again, even the beats I, I wanted to ask you too about um, about four limbs beats because I saw he's in he's in Manchester, UK. So how did you how did you guys link up with him, man? Because I again I just I just the jazz and and the influence of that. Um, it's just such a cool. Like th- this is a record you put on like in the car. This is a record you put on, you know, at home while you're just vibing out like that. Like I, I that's what I love the most about these kind of beats compared to. And again, I'm not hating on trap beats because I love that that kind of music, too. But um, this this just has a different um, like a like a cinematic vibe to it. So, again, I'm ranting again because um, this is kind of <laughs> what I do. I'm more of a conversationalist, I guess, than a Q&A guy. But uh, so, yeah, let's start with sort of the the cinematic thing. And then, and then um, the second part of it is, how did you guys link up with uh, with Four Limbs? I pretty much linked up with Four Limbs uh, after my first project, um, uh, Outlook. So the, he was pretty much around for the makers of the Rudy tape. So I had uh, brought purchased two beats from him, and we built a rapport through social media. So I had brought two beats from him that was on that was on the project. One was the interlude, the other one was the outro on the Rudy tape. Yeah, on the Rudy tape. And then um, he pretty much been a fan ever since. So he always been tapped in. Just check in with me. Say, hey, man, I got a batch. Do you want to dig through? Or what are you working on next? Is there anything that I could do? Just let me know. Just hit me up. And he's been like that for a while. And then he did uh, work on my regards as well. So it pretty much was only right for him to just to hit him up for, for Flying Langston. And he, you hit him up... Uh... And was just like, yo, this is what this is the energy I'm looking for. Like you didn't say anything. You know, you like laid out the energy, like yo, some jazzy, da-da-da, but you weren't like, we want you to produce it all or nothing. And he just sent back seven, it was like seven or eight beats, and we were just like, looks like he produced the whole project. <laughs> like Pretty that's much. basically what how it happened. <laughs> Pretty just, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yo, he yeah, he killed it, yo, for real. He killed it. Orleans. Mm. And there's out. a lot of there's a lot of great producers out there. And I think that's one of the cool things about music today is um, I think the barrier to entry, right? If you're an artist and, you know, whether you're just starting from square one, like you can, you can get your music out there on these digital platforms. Um, and then there's obviously like beat stars and stuff. If you're, if you're looking for people, but uh, what is that process like for you guys when you have an idea in mind for a project, like it, how long did it take to come across four limbs as you're out there looking for music is it is it hard is it easy to find that the kind of style of beats that you're looking for because yeah. i got to imagine there's just so many people out there i guess sure it would be better like that's a, the better way to answer that is like when you were starting with the rudy tape like how did you begin like like sourcing your beats when you had like no you know known people already uh no i just it's pretty much at that time for like like when i was looking for beats for rudy tape we pretty much i was just looking for that vibe just randomly through different producers pages and then if it, then if it was one that i like i pretty much dm them and talk talk business with them through there and then after that you know i mean that's how i built a rapport to where i can just pretty much go to one producer one particular producer or producer who i work with and just tell them like the energy that i'm looking for and they pretty much say okay cool i'll send you a couple you know what I'm saying, to see if you like that one. Yeah, so for Fly Langston, um, just to build on that, are you, uh, I mean, I'm sure you're writing all the time, but um, do you, do you, did you, do you write first and then you get the beat and go, okay, this would be good for this, this particular track? Or do, or do you let the music kind of <laughs> make the lyrics or kind of a little <clears throat> bit of both? Uh, no, it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? 
but mainly on the majority of me here in the beats first, then I go back to writing, you know what I mean? But sometimes I do the opposite, but you know, whatever comes up on the film, sometimes I do have something that's already written that will go on the Pacific beat that I've heard, you know what I mean? But like a lot of times it's usually the opposite. Like I'll hear the beat and then that makes me go ahead and go pin it, pin it to that particular beat. Yeah, and, and and I love uh asking artists too about the 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 track listing, right? Because you hear all the time artists talking about okay, when we play live, like what should be the opener? I feel like everybody kind of knows what their closer is, like when they when they get live, like, you know, okay, this I know this will go over well or whatever, but but I the flow of this uh of this EP was really awesome too, starting out with buttoned up and then it ends with uh black and white bird's eye. And again, I mean, we don't have to get too much into you know, politics and stuff, but, but that one kind of hit home with me. Um, and you talk about it earlier on the record too, but that one kind of hit home with me just with what happened in Nashville this week, as far as uh, right, right, shooting, you know what I mean? But, um, but when you finally put everything together, um, do you guys talk about that as far as the, the track order flow to make sure it plays out like the story you mm-hmm. want to? Yes. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. That's definitely one of, one, one of the important conversations that me and Danny have. And then also our two other guys, Ben Roth and John Smith, over at the Kalala Spelt. So it's pretty much a whole collective of us brainstorming to figure out which route we want to take. That also those two guys as well. Yes. Shout out to Kaleidoscope. But yeah, so, I mean, me and Shaw, obviously, we're creatively talking every day. But once we get, you know, the recordings or like the first demo or the first track, or even when we have the beats, like me and him will like live the project where it's like I'm listening to the beats over and over and over every day he is even when he's done writing and we have like you know the song the tracks with his vocals and stuff like that that's that's what i'm listening to every day just like i put them in different orders do this do that so yeah the the track listing uh i think that's an underrated aspect of compiling an album honestly like i feel like when people do it right it does elevate the album like when you have your track list and it flows and it like, you know, it does like, it's not just a straight line. It's not just like a whatever, like, you know what I mean? It has its flows and it like, yeah, once you do that, uh, I feel like it does elevate the album. It makes some tracks better um, and it does elevate the album as a full listen. And, and since we're doing these like shorter ones, like we need to treat it as like, we want people to listen to it in its entirety. Like, you know what I mean? We're not like Drake dropping a fucking 60 minute project. Like, no, this is like mm-hmm. 20 minutes. So like, we need to make sure we have your attention for the full 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and, I mean, in the full 60 minute stuff is cool too, but to your point, I mean, like when I think about like my favorite records, they're always front to back listens, you know, mm-hmm. to this day, like, Pearl Jam 10, still a front to back. Listen, love that record. You know what I mean? Like, so that's their, so, their best record to you. Um, I, you know, again, it's subjective, right? You know, these, these opinions, these things are always subjective, but I would say that is the one, you know, music is like, you know, they say your sense of smell is the most attached to memory, right? Uh, to my knowledge, from everything that I, you know, growing up and stuff, they you say think it's better than verses. Um, Let's answer the question. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Me personally, me personally, yes. Ten, ten like because you listen to that over verses or vitology. Uh again, again, I love that one too, but yeah, just me personally, because What's ten name? uh Dave Dave Aberzizi or whatever the fuck his name is on the drums though. Uh I don't think he was on the drums on specifically ten, but I do love the drumming on ten a lot. Um the cymbal work is really good, like lots of cymbal fills, which is like unique. Um 
Now 10's good. Yeah, I just think I just think front to back is an awesome listen. And it's got like one of my favorite deep cuts, Oceans is on Oceans. there. That's just like I know cool. you're gonna say that. Yeah. That's such an Eddie Vedder song, but but yeah, so so that's that's what I really love about um again from my regards, Fly Langston, like these are really cool front to back listens. Um and, and in terms of you guys hearkening back to to previous eras, you know, and Shaw, you talked about it too, how you love, you know, 70s and R and B and all that stuff. Like, um, and and again, that's something that's cool to me about sampling in in hip hop, you know, like the Isley brothers and stuff, you know, with, with Cube and stuff. Like, I mean, how important it is is it for you guys in 2023 to to remind people or maybe even younger fans of hip hop or music in general now of the generations that came before is that is that an important piece of it like do you guys think about it consciously like that or is it really just from a creative thing something that excites you to do uh it's more so on the creative side something excite that's that that you want to do you know what i mean our thing is we just want to cover today's topics you know what i mean to help today's person or today's average average joe to move forward in life you know what i mean that's pretty much our main objective i mean you know, like the samples of whatnot, that's pretty much somewhat secondary, but that's more so like what we like like to do. You know what I mean? It's not like, ah, we're going to do this as a plan. It's just something that, but you know, what we like to do. Yeah, yeah. It covers the energy that we're, we're trying to cover and everything like that. Um, yeah, it's not like we're like trying, I think more, uh, maybe not with like the samples and stuff, but just kind of like the approach, like you were saying, like, uh, I think what, or at least what I want to try to cover, what we're trying to cover is more of just like the physical approach behind it, like the hard work ethic and the, the DIY ethic and stuff like that. But as far as like the specific sample to like prove like any point or anything like that, no, um, we're not like here, like, all right, we need to remind people about like the Isley brothers. I think it's more of like the energy where it's like, you know, with Fly Langston to me, it was like, we need to ri- remind people that like, De La Soul existed and like and there's all these like alternatives where it's like every time we go to release it's like kind of looking at what is happening in the current underground and then like kind of looking at what is like the not the opposite but like kind of like what is like subject like a what is objective to it or just like you know the opposite as far as like you know subject matter approach or just being different than what's happening in the underground so it's more of kind of uh, a reminder of just like that there's always alternatives to like, you know, there's all these guys who had these approaches that were like underground and, you know, do it yourself and stuff like that. I think yeah, that I love- was more of a rant. Oh, no, it's all good, man. I, like I said, I do it all the time. I try to I've, I've learned over the years of doing this to try to be more concise when I ask questions, because I, sometimes I feel like Chris Farley and the Chris Farley show like. Hey Shaw, Danny, you remember when you did this and it was so cool? And, 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 you know, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I do try to keep these things more conversational and organic because it's just you know I, I just I just like talking with people and learning their stories, man. Um, and we were talking about it a little bit before the jump. Uh, I, I know all of us are, are big sports fans, but I loved I love the the different sports references on this man with the bars from from Mia Hamm. There was Deion Sanders in there, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> MJ yeah. <laughs> you really covered mm-hmm. the game into the sports, man. Uh, again, is that just one of those things where you're in the booth and it's just, it's just part of the flow, part of, part of being in the moment. Yeah. Just being in the moment, just being in the flow. You know what I mean? I always got to get sports references, you know what I'm saying? Cause like I'm a big sports guy. So those bars is always, always for the, you know, the sports listeners, you know what I mean? So they they didn't want to easily grasp on it and catch on to it first. And they're all over like every project. There's like some sports bars and, 
lots of basketball. You can tell he's definitely a basketball fan. Yeah, we were talking about my poster, man. Like I said, I always I always confuse that that layup over Ewing with the with the dunk that he had um in right. the playoffs. He went baseline <laughs> and switched, man. I've had that picture for gosh, probably 15 years now. But um and that was the other reference you brought back on this was uh Come Fly With Me, which I, I believe was the very first like Jordan tape. I think Kobe yes. even talked about how <laughs> how he like wore that out when he was a kid, like the the VHS. Yes, VHS, Blockbuster, come fly with me. Like <laughs> every weekend, every weekend, you know what I mean? Sad as hell, you gotta take it back. Like <laughs> I tell you what, guy too, right? But oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I know you you like football too, right? But so basketball was basketball first love. Yeah, basketball was the first love, but football became second, you know what I'm saying? But I love I love football equally the same, you know what I mean? I just find myself watching basketball a little bit more and playing it. You know, you know what I'm saying. It's a little bit, a little bit better than football. You know what I mean. Football can put away and tear on you. You know what I mean. Especially like after when I played like for real, for real, like organized. So it was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna just chill out for the in my later years and just play basketball from now on. You know, as exercise. But you know, rap is still full time. Yeah. How about the video store days going to Blockbuster and stuff? We had family video in Toledo where I'm from too, man. There was video connection with like the local one. Magic it's video. kind of like the record store experience, but for movies. You know what I mean? Because you'd, you'd have right. the, a few people there that would actually know, like, what do you like? You know what I mean? <laughs> I pretty much didn't need that. I pretty much knew what I was going into Blockbuster for. You know what I mean? It was either a basketball film or pretty much a film that just like released that you didn't get a chance to see in the movie theater. You know what I mean? It just came out. So, and that was a whole experience in itself. You get pizza, get a two liter, get you a few blockbuster rentals. That was it. That's all you needed pretty much. Watch it the next day, the next morning. (laughs) Be kind, please rewind. Um, Yeah. Come fly with me as part of uh I, I have like a Jordan DVD pack of his greatest games. And then it had all of the, the DVDs that he did. Um, right. The f- yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan's playground, airtime above and beyond. Yeah. I had that one too. <laughs> yeah. Above and beyond was, it was a birthday gift from my friend. Uh, shout out Zach. I think it, we were in fourth grade and uh, I think Lawrence Fishburne may have narrated that one. Um, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the first. That was my first. That was the VHS. So somewhere, my my mom probably still has the VHS. And then years later, I got the the DVD pack, and it, it was on there. I was like, oh, cool. Because yeah, he was wearing the Elevens in that one. That was like ninety. Right. Yeah. Ninety six. Yeah. Now my favorite one is uh, Airtime. Airtime. Yeah, Airtime was yeah, yeah. That was that was the one. Because <laughs> I think I believe it or not, I believe that I think that's like Jordan's best year besides like ninety six. Because it was like it's eighty eight. 92 and then I think 96. I think 92. I think that's my my opinion. That was his best year. MVP, NBA champion, finals MVP, gold medal. Only thing he didn't get, he didn't get the all-star MVP. That's the only thing he didn't get. Who got it 92? Magic. That's when he came back. You know, after the whole HIV thing. That was that was the one that was in Orlando. Okay, okay. Was that the D Brown? dunk contest yeah yep you got it yeah he i I, I still can't believe how he beat sean camp but yeah that was it yeah yeah 
Uh, you know what? I take that back. That was the Cedric Sabalis. The D Brown one, that was the year before. That was in Charlotte. My bad. That was in Charlotte. Yeah, Sabalos put on the blindfold, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 92 was when I feel like uh it really went it really went global. And again, I, I was born I was born in, in 88. So like first grade, that was when I became like a huge Jordan stand because we went to Chicago in 95 for a family oh, wow. vacation one weekend. And that was when uh, I don't know if it's still there, but you have Michael Jordan's restaurant and there was this huge mural of MJ just like flying through space on yeah. the side of the <laughs> to be like seven years old in Chicago. And like, I remember Nike town. Um, I mean, it was, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Uh, Cause my parents went for like St. Patty's day. That's a big deal in Chi town. They die the river green and everything. And um, she came back with uh the I'm back 45 shirts. And it was, Mar- mm-hmm. I, I still remember the date. Cause I wore the hell out of that shirt. It was March 19th, 1995. Cause he just did like a fax release and just said, I'm back. And then it was like this huge day. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like, I became a huge, huge nerd starting. I was probably, yeah, like seven years old. And then my dad would treat it like a party trick. He'd be like, Mike, Indiana Pacers. And I would, I would be like, you know, Rick Smith, Rick, Rick Smith, Reggie Miller. And then you say Charlotte Hornets. And I, I would, you know, I, I knew like two or three players on every, every team just because of NBA jam. You know what I mean? And then right. I knew the, I knew the whole starting, I knew the whole starting five, a lot of most teams, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Cleveland, like yeah. Terrell, Terrell Brandon, Bobby Sura. <laughs> oh, but, oh, but I'll tell you, I, man, that's take Very back. You know what I'm saying? Zerbiak and all of them. <laughs> Britt Berry, John Berry. But um, I mean, one time I had went to a Bullets game. This is when the Wizards was the Bullets and they were playing the Bulls. And like me and my me and my old man, my pops and whatnot, we kept sneaking down to get better seats. And we was able to get like damn there, like not courtside, but not that far from courtside seats, playing against the Bulls, seeing Jordan Pepper, seeing Jordan with the uh the Cherry Twelves doing a fadeaway, like. That's it's like submitted in my mind forever. Like I'm not going to forget that. And and it was crazy as most people. It's like I never seen Jordan play before. And I'm like, and they're like, you know, and me and your age. I'm just like, wow. Like I I, I just feel dumbfounded. You know what I mean? Because it's like, how what were you doing during that time? Like, <laughs> so while while we're on the subject, um, I think they're. I don't know if you guys are sneakerheads too. Um, but I, I love shoes. I, I've, I've tried to curb my. You are. No, I was saying, I, yeah, yeah, I'm on the sneakerhead. That ain't no damn sneakerhead. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they're supposed to bring back the Cherry 12s. That's the rumor is that this, this, this next year, they're supposed to bring back the Cherry 12s. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of blown. I missed out on the Chicago twos. I definitely I was one of those for for the longest. I wasn't able to get it because you know I had to be a responsible adult. But I'm kind of upset. I missed out on the Chicago twos. But hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on some cherry twelves. Hopefully, the twelves were my first my first ones. Those are my first Jordans. Uh, there's actually a picture of me. I'm it might be on my Instagram. And mm. I literally remember that day because my mom made me throw them away. But my first ones were the taxi 12s. That was the, the Christmas money I think I got from my grandpa. Uh, and I had I and I had smaller feet. So like mine didn't even have the like the gold uh, like lace eyeless. They were just like white plastic. Uh, but I remember I got those in the mall and um, 
in Toledo, I used to like spit shine them. I would lick my fingers to keep the leather clean. And I wore the hell out of those to the point where you, the outsole was worn on the heels and you could see inside into the cushioning of the shoe. And my mom was like, like, you gotta, you gotta throw those away. But there's a picture of me and my sister from the summer of 1997, which was the first year they beat the jazz. And uh, I got my Bulls jersey on, I'm on my bike and we're hanging out outside. And I, I, that's just like a vivid, vivid memory for me because I remember that was the day she made me throw those shoes away. It was like a couple of weeks before school started when I was getting ready to go in fourth grade. Um, that was like, yeah, late, late August of, of 97, man. But uh, yeah, the Penny twos came out that year. Sorry. I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm turning this whole conversation away from fly Langston into shoes and sports. <laughs> Sorry. I'll get it back on track. But uh, yeah, that, that was, that was, I would say when I became a real big, Sneakerhead. I didn't. Th- those were the first ones I had, and then I didn't have another pair of Jordans. I think till high school. I had some Team Jordans my freshman year, but uh, mm. but yeah, the threes are my favorite. The white cement. My, fr- my, my, my first pair was the sevens, like when they came out, like in '92. I don't oh, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a young young kid, like you know, what I'm saying like these like these type of giants. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it was the sevens. Then I, I definitely had a pair of uh, Taxi 12s. And then pretty much after he retired, it was kind of like lay low for a minute. And then he just started to come back with the with the retros. And I remember when he st- first, start, first started doing the retros, I had got the fours. They were the, the white and navy blue ones. I had oh, those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what co- do you remember what colorway you had of the of the sevens? It was the playoff ones. The all black. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that picture he was wearing the uh, the hairs they call them the hair. Yeah, yeah. Either either the either the hair or the cardinal sevens. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's crazy, man. It's crazy how time flies, and like you said, so many kids um, didn't get to see. And Danny, I know you're a big sports guy too, um, because I remember we were talking about the the Red Wings and the and the Flyers, because that was also I think '97 when the when the Red Wings won. Actually, no, I know it was 97 because that's another picture I have in my room that you guys mm-hmm. get. Darren McCarty beating up Claude Lemieux with the brawl in Hockey Town, which was just like the 26-year anniversary. But uh, but yeah, my I'll uh to, to finish up my sports rant, I had my MJ moment. And then Danny, I want to ask you two greatest game. You I want to ask both you guys greatest games you've been in, in person um while I'm on my rant here. But uh I think the coolest one that I saw in person. Um, just because I was a huge Jordan fan was my 15th birthday in 2003. Like I was telling you guys, I used to be like my birthday present every year. We go to a Pistons game and it was Michael Jordan's last year that he ever played when he retired. And it was his last game against the Pistons at the palace. And mm. they gave him the microphone before the game. So this is wizards MJ. I didn't, I never got a chance to see him in person when he was with the bulls. But this was so this this was Wizards MJ, but I, I was glad he he got to come back because I got this moment. But they gave him the microphone before the game, and you know they used to beat the hell out of him. For everybody listening who who didn't get a chance to see Jordan growing up like us, the Last Dance really kind of illuminated his legacy and how how great he was, and in my opinion, greatest of all time. But um, they gave him the mic before the game, and he was like, you know what? He was like, I hated Detroit. He's like, but if it wasn't for them kicking my butt all those years, I wouldn't have won those championships. And everybody cheered, gave him a standing ovation. I remember, like, they they cut away to like Kid Rock was there, Chris Chelios, and Nick <laughs> from the from the Red Wings were there. But uh, we were, we were, we were in the I mean, and, Kid uh, Rock. 
<laughs> Kid Rock. Yeah, Kid Rock. Yeah. So, so I had binoculars. Um, because I, I would like to like zoom in and see if I could see him like talking and whatnot. And I'll I'll never forget. I, and I was like so happy and so fortunate that I had like my Jordan moment in person. So Michael mm-hmm. Curry was a good defensive player for the Pistons and also coached him for a little bit. Um, he got he got right up on Jordan on the three point line on the baseline and just put his forearm right in his back. And I remember Jordan was chewing his gum and he, you know, holding the ball out like he always does kind of leaning. Uh, and it's crazy because there's there's like side by sides of, of him and Kobe and like Kobe like, you know, mimicked and, and was able to, you know, translate in his greatness. But anyway, and he just looked up and down at Michael Curry like who like who are you? Like, what do you think you're doing? He just up down. I'm like, what's this dude doing? And you can hear the crowd <laughs> start to get into it. He starts backing him down, starts backing him down. And then he he went like he was going to go baseline on like a spin move, like he was going to spin baseline, hold it back between his legs and got Curry. And then Curry recovered real quick. And Jordan still hit the jumper in his face. And then Jordan just like jogged up the sidelines and just chewing his gum. Like this is just another day at the <laughs> office. And I was like, ah, I got my MJ moment. But anyway, so it was cool because uh, the Pistons won, but I got to see MJ in person. But so I'll wrap up my rant by, by asking you guys. Yeah. Like you mentioned Shaw, like it was, was that one of the greatest games you saw in person just because it was MJ? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's like, I mean, what you mean by like greatest games, like was it like a game close and somebody wanted to buzz it or wanted to like triple overtime? Like a memorable game like, or something like that, like one that like uh, we well, well, or well, something yeah, like that. Well, yeah, the memorable game, it'll, it'll be that Bulls game. Bulls game against the Bullets, the one that I uh, understand, got into, yeah. What about you, Danny? Um, I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess mom, I keep mine basketball too. Cause randomly I rarely go to basketball games, but I went to, uh, it was a Sixers playoff game. They played the bull. They played the bulls. Uh, it was the series when Derrick Rose got injured for no reason, like early in the series and the Sixers ended mm-hmm. up winning like late in the series, like game seven, but it was the game they clinched that series, it was like Andre Godala took a rebound and like went full court in like the final three seconds or some crazy shit, like got fouled. It was like some crazy Andre Godala moment. So it's like, you guys talk about your Jordan moments, I'll throw in an Andre Godala moment. <laughs> hey, shout out to Iggy, man. Iggy was dope. Yo, underrated know? defensive player. I mean, like, not now, but like when he's on the Sixers and shit, like, I mean, he was in, didn't he win the dunk contest or some shit? Like, he he lost to Nate Robinson, but uh, yeah, he won. He 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 won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like pretty Nate, good when he was on the Sixers, like because Nate had like eight tries. So like Eagle Dollar won that one in my yeah. Eyes. But I don't know if y'all remember that like series or that like that game. Uh, right. But Andre Godala did some like full like crazy full court like final six second thing to win the game or some shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna know what you're saying. In person? Hmm? Did you ever see Iverson in person? I saw Iverson after he came back. <laughs> if that counts, like after he went to like you know Denver and all you know retired and Las Vegas to gamble and wherever else he goes and um, but I saw him when he came back, which was cool. Uh, I I was like young obviously, but my, my older brother and shit, like, he was a huge Iverson fan, so there was, like, I remember, like, you know, Iversons and shit like that being present in my house, but I wasn't, like, a basketball fan back in that time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. he, to me, he carried the the popularity of the NBA um, 
after Jordan retired. I don't think I don't think AI gets enough credit he for changed it. it. Like he literally changed the game. Like he, I, I mean, I think I don't know everyone. I mean, it wasn't just him, but it was just like that error at the same time. Like everyone was just like, it was the baggy shorts error. Just like everyone all, you know what I mean? Just like it, it turned into that, like the baggy shorts and the like, uh, I mean, fuck, like uh, the Sixers mascot's name was hip hop. So it was like, you know what I mean? Like it was literally like that type of shit. Like it was that error. Like every fucking NBA player had a mixtape out at that time. Like. So I don't know if it was him specifically, but he was like one of the more prevalent, like in early figures of doing that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. His, um, his sneaker line too, really. Um, if, 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 yeah. If people weren't wearing Jordans, um, you would see a lot of, a lot of Iversons, his popularity, especially, especially for, for, for little guys and guards like me. Like I still remember the commercial when the, the answer one came out. And the sneaker head in me really wants to get those, but I, I really don't need them. But the white and red ones were sick. And I still remember he did this, like, they made it like a science thing. And it was like, he did like this 360 spin move and like put it between his legs. And I was like, I remember trying to figure that, that move out. And I'm like, I can't do that, man. Like I did some like horrible version of it. Um, never could pull it off in a game, but like, he was sick, man. Allen Iverson uh, for being like six feet tall was an absolute monster. If he was six foot six, um, people people might be talking about him. I mean, where they would still you put him? Like, where do you rank him? Like, where where is like an appropriate like top ten, top fifteen? Like, what is an appropriate ranking for Allen Iverson all um, time? To me, if you if you're talking about culture and basketball, he's top ten in my opinion. And maybe I'm a little biased because I mean I, I'm an '80s baby and a '90s kid. But if you talk about his impact on 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 like basketball culture, the popularity of the sport after MJ retired, I mean, you went from a league where barely anybody had tattoos to now that's like that's like pretty much the norm. And I think you got to credit a lot of that to AI in terms of like self-expression style, you know, um, they changed the dress code pretty much because of him, which was ridiculous. Um, but his impact on the on the game combined with what he did on the floor. Um, especially that year he really bought in with Larry Brown and became the MVP in the 2000, 2001 season. Um, nobody was going to beat the Lakers. That team was unbelievable. Uh, but, but Allen Iverson was, he was sick, man. He was, he was, and people always forget the practice quote. Um, like everybody, like that became such a, um, you know, a huge sports moment. And, and it makes me sad that people forget like one of his best friends had died i think like right before that that week so to him it was like why are you talking to me about practice when i'm i'm bleeding for this team i'm carrying us and i'm i'm putting putting my body on the line every game i mean people forget how much he would get knocked down just being a smaller player like he would go into the paint and he would hit jumpers in your face but that's where that came from you know and it kind of people don't realize that soundbite it's like this is a dude who just lost one of his friends that he grew up with and um, they were asking him about why he wasn't at practice and he was he was a killer. You know what I mean? But anyway, again, I say I, I've stopped ranting, but I would say top 20. I think top 20. I think he's a top probably top five, seven, two guard ever. Um, but I would say in terms of if you look at impact and just like, 
you know, popularity of the game, especially again, to me that people don't give him credit enough for after MJ retired, like he was really one of the faces of the NBA. Um, I think, I think just culturally and in basketball top 10 talent ever. And if he was six foot six, he would have been even scarier. You know what I mean? That's the crazy thing. You know what I mean? He was six foot one sixty five on a good day. You know what I mean? And he was one of the scariest offensive players ever. Yeah. He's pretty much, I'll, I'll say, as far as shooting guards, he's like, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, as far as shooting guards, you got Jordan, you have Kobe. Can you put, yeah, I guess you put Dwayne Wade in that slot. Do you put Tracy McGrady there at four and put him at five? Like, he's between four and five for me. Yeah, and then you and then you got guys back in the day too, right? Like Like Elgin Baylor. He was a guard too, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got you got dudes from, from back in the day. So it's like, yes, yeah, so that's why. But yeah, like our our time that that we all grew up. Yeah, I would say you probably got to give D Wade the edge a little bit because of the rings. You know what right. I mean? Right. You know. But um, but yeah, AI to me is is right. I think he, LeBron James even said when he came into the league, AI was one of his favorite players. He loved watching him play. You know. Mm-hmm. But. Anyway, well, well, y'all, I hope I didn't derail this too much with the sports stuff, but since the references were in there too, um, I, I had to, I had to talk a little bit about hoops uh, before I let you guys go, man. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the other people who made an appearance on Fly Langston, yes, uh, Barry Barry Mars, DJ Mars, um, and I want to make sure I'm saying is it Sir Dominique Jordan or Dominic Jordan? It's Dominique Jordan. Okay, okay, I thought it was Dominique. Sometimes people say Dominic, you know. Sometimes oh, I know, I know. Yeah, Sir Dominic Jordan. But I thought they were great on the record as well. And I thought it was really cool. And, and Danny, I, I DM'd you about it. But um, the event that you guys did on 310 um, in, in Washington, D.C., was it DJ Sage? And yes. Uh, there, was, there was artists there. Can you guys talk about that? Because that looked like a really cool, you know, like, like, Looked like it, like a, like an art gallery, but you had like a music show going on too. It just looked like a really cool concept and a lot of fun, man. I wanted to ask you guys that before we wrapped up too. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah, out it, to it DJ was. Sage. Yeah, shout out to DJ Say. Shout out to all the artists that performed as well. You know, what I mean, it definitely had a good, good set, good a good set of uh, performers. It definitely did every each every last one of them did their thing, mm-hmm. and the art was art. And the art was great too. Definitely was some great art. Oh, I, I, we didn't get the names. That lady who was like next to our merch table, like the shit she had right. on the wall was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even know how to even like say it. That there's someone in DC who has good art. That's all I can say about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, DJ Sage, he shot uh, the music video, the most recent one, uh, buttoned up. Uh, he shot that for us, like physically shot it and edited everything. So we just reached out and he was just like, yeah, I'm putting the show together. And then like two days later, we're on the bill and shit. We're like, yo, that's what's up. Like, this is a good, genuine dude. Uh, he's got good, you know, good intentions um, behind his movements. And he just put a show on. It was a free show in the middle of D.C. And there was free wine that he gave to everybody there. Um, it was just a good, good time. I think everyone there was just like overall just had a good time it was literally just in the middle of dc just like open anyone walking by can just walk in and experience it and what was the name of the place where it was at was it home gallery oh yeah. yeah home gallery yeah that was the name of it yeah that was cool and, and shout out to uh sergio santos did the artwork for fly Langston, right <laughs> yes man shout out to him. Yes. yeah sergio said there he pfft. 
that dude killed Shaw found his page and was just like, I think this fits like the style that I want for Fly Langston. And then we just approached him. We had a few phone conversations with him and he just like, yeah, he killed it. He absolutely killed it. So he just listened to the music and then come up with the artwork and send it back to you. And you guys are like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Well, yeah, we do that. We do that with everybody who we work with in terms of cover art. You know what I mean? We want them to listen to the music first, mm-hmm. then go ahead and pretty much create. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that we like to do. Yeah, well, and we'll have you know we'll have some concepts like me and Shaw will you know flesh out some ideas. For example, like this album cover specifically, um, the the image or the background, like all the stores or whatever, like the the background image is a picture from a shopping center or like a street or something that's like five minutes from where Shaw grew up or where he lives now or, or correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's from, you know, somewhere that's his hometown. And then we took a picture of Langston Hughes and just like had him interpret that in this picture. So he just did this like jazzy style interpretation of, you know, Langston Hughes in this scene that is, you know, five minutes from where Shaw grew up or whatever. That's sick. And I, I think that's cool. You So you guys both have canvas versions of that art too, right? Uh, well, we just have one. Uh, I think I technically, I think I put a little more towards it. So it's at my house right now, but uh, yeah, we just have one. Unfortunately, there's only one copy, but it's on display at my house. If you want to come see it, anybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get you guys out of here on, on the, on a, a, a last couple of things and thanks again dudes for taking the time and again i hope i didn't rant too much i try not to uh, dude no rush ask nah, all the nah, questions no rush nah. man no rush man like like we're i said thanks for having us it's a pleasure to be on maybe he fucks with the show real hard well i appreciate it man i appreciate it i love what you guys are doing uh i i just saw something recently on, on one of the stories uh is there is there a upcoming july tour going on <laughs> post is that is there a little road trip happening so yeah um yeah. about that yeah so uh we're gonna try to do some fucking diy show type of setup i don't know uh the way that we do things we're not like you know picky we don't need like these big stages and we don't need to play we want to play shows like shaw wants to rap he wants to rap in front of people who want to be around him while he raps so we're gonna hop in a vehicle and just uh right now it's going to be uh seven shows in nine days um virginia dc boston new york jersey philly lancaster um and then early and then early july there's the skate wagon event company or whatever that puts on you know puts together skateboarding events and and, you know big local community events and we're going to be performing at that as well so uh early july yeah shaw calhoun um yeah, we're, we're going to hop in a vehicle and, and see see what it's about. I've never done like a tour of any kind. We have our, our man, Ben Roth, helping us out. He's being insanely helpful uh, in booking it. He's got, you know, he's been in some local Lancaster bands that, uh, you know, been around and have done some touring. So he's helping, you know, reach out and getting us some shows and stuff. And we're just, I mean, thankfully Shaw is here along for the ride for the most part where he's, he echoes a sentiment as me. It was just like, if there's people who want me to rap for him, I will be there. So it's just like, um, I don't know. We're, we're trying it. It's something we've never done. I've never spent five days in a row in a car with anybody. So it's just like, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> I'm excited though. 
uh, July 7th to July 15th, all the shows will end up following. Okay. So the flyer and stuff will be out, you know, fairly soon, but July 7th to July 15th, we're going to have seven shows in those like eight days, nine days. Are you guys going to try to bring somebody with you to, to film it? To get, uh, well, to get any like behind the scenes stuff or anything like that, or some, some live shots? Oh, I mean, it's going to be pretty tight. Cause we're going to be, have him and uh, our, our man, uh, what is it? Cynical minded. Yeah, yeah, Lord Sin, Lord Sin. Yeah, Lord Sin, yeah. So another one, another DC or DMV artist, Lord Sin, that uh, Shaw, you know, grew up and has rapped with and just, you know, is a good, you know, good friend and just another, you know, rapper from down that area. Where, so it's going to be us three. So bringing another person is, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we have room for one more, but uh, just getting out on the road. Uh, I do want to document it, but we'll see, yeah already limited hands there's not many people to just like ask to go <laughs> in a car for you for five days six days and they're just like yeah i'll do it like so the fact that i have two people already is a blessing so we'll see if any footage gets out from this well that's cool i'm, I'm glad you guys are doing that and then I'll, I'll get you i'll get you guys out of here on this man and thanks again so much is um you know the the diy spirit obviously i think is, is really at the core of, of what you guys do with, with big Eleanor Shaw, with your music and the releases that you guys put out with the theme of this show, being, being perseverance and moving forward in, in the meeting behind March 4th. I mean, what, what are some things that you guys have learned along the way or any advice you want to pass on? Not to, not to put you on like, you know, <laughs> hey, tell the kids how they should live their lives, but, um but anything that you feel like is worked for you, for anybody out there that, that is chasing their dreams, because I think uh, I've learned from doing these shows, man, you got to believe in yourself and you got to have courage to, to go after it and, and stare fear in the face. But now that you guys have done multiple releases and uh, fly Langston is, is, is doing well and picking up some steam. I mean, any, anything that you want to pass on to anybody who listens to this, as far as, something that you feel like you've learned along the way that might be useful if they're out there trying to figure themselves out creatively or just, just push through some tough times. Yeah. Follow their heart and whatever they do, do it at 110%. I, I want to play off uh, like what you were just saying and believe it in yourself. Uh, it doesn't hurt to put like, like you're saying, put 100% belief in yourself. It doesn't hurt to put like a hundred percent belief in another person as well. Yeah, it takes a point, right, to have have other people have faith in what you're doing too. Well, that, but that, but just like, where it's just like if if you talk to someone, you can trust. Like you, obviously, it's tough to get to the point where you have these type of people, but you won't, you know, weed out the people you need unless you put, you know, 100 belief and trust and faith in the people that you're dealing with. Where I talked to, for example, I'll talk to Shaw and we'll talk about what we're going to do, and I can I trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do and then the next you know what i mean so it doesn't hurt to have belief in yourself but it does not hurt as well to have the same amount of belief in another person people are hesitant to throw their all at other people or whatever just it, it doesn't hurt have the same amount of belief yes well, Shaw, Danny, I think that's a great place to wrap it up fellas i i genuinely appreciate you guys coming back on the show it's um 
there's a lot there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world and there's a lot of uh negativity out there and um you know social media deservedly so gets a bad rap for a lot of the trolls and a lot of the the vitriol that that occurs but um you know uh since i've been on instagram i've been able to connect with a lot of really dope creators and just good people like yourselves even though we've never met in person both of you guys are you know you're 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 real dudes who are who are i i feel like you know kindred spirits not just from a music and a sports standpoint but people who are who are trying to connect with people in a positive way with what they do you know i'm trying to do that with my show and I know you guys are trying to do that with your art and your music. And time is time is our most precious and valuable resource. So anytime somebody um, takes some of theirs to come talk with me, especially on a weekend when there's any number of things you could be doing, I, I genuinely appreciate it, fellas. So thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime. I'm glad that our paths have crossed. Uh, I love what you guys are doing, and I hope you keep it up. And for people who aren't aware, I'll obviously put up the links in the the podcast description for this episode, but for people who aren't aware, where can they find you guys out there? Uh, you can find us pretty much on all the social platforms. You know what I mean? Instagram, uh, uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then in terms of music, you know what I mean? Find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp. I suggest you go to Bandcamp first. <laughs> 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 Man, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Just just to search your way. Shaw yep. Calhoun. Shaw Calhoun. Just you can find anything that I'm trying to do. Just search it through Shaw Calhoun. That's where you can find anything. Awesome. Yeah, and it's not lip service, fellas. I listened to this multiple times before I did before I did this. And genuinely, man, like I don't, I don't uh, you know, I'm I'm careful with my words and I'm also generous and say thank you because I was raised that way. But uh, I love music and I genuinely love this release, dude. Ah, so, I appreciate um, it. Front back. I appreciate it. Salute. Yeah. Well, dudes, uh, thanks again so much uh, once again for coming on the show. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend and definitely keep in touch, fellas. Like I said, it's not lip service. I love what you're doing. You're good people. So, you know, I think all of us are are, are growing and trying to do our thing and reach people and, and do it in a positive way. So, again, man, I, I, I genuinely appreciate you guys coming on here. Likewise, man. Salute. Salute. Yeah, the support means a lot. The, the, outs, the, the encouragement means a lot for sure. Righty dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Shaw Calhoun and Danny Nono of Big Eleanor Records. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram. You can follow Shaw at Shaw underscore Calhoun, and that is spelled C-A-L-H-O-U-N-E. And follow Danny over at Big L Records, and that is B-I-G-E-L Records. So once again, at Shaw underscore Calhoun, at Big L Records on Instagram. The links for all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. Please go check out Fly Langston, especially if you're a fan of hip-hop, if you're a fan of boom-bap, if you love jazz-style beats. It's all there. The sports references, modern culture, uh, the flows, it's its great, man. I really dig it, and I'm not just saying that. Just like you guys heard me talk to uh, Shaw and Danny about that, man. There's no empty calories with my words, man. It's not lip service. I really love what they're doing. And even though my main wheelhouse in terms of music is heavy music, I love hip-hop as well. And I once again, I just think that Shaw 
is a unique voice right now with everything that's going on out there. And, and from top to bottom, not just the music, but the artwork that goes into it, as you guys heard, and the, the upcoming shows that they're going to be doing, stay tuned for that as well. Like it's really a whole effort from a creative standpoint, from an art standpoint. And I really feel like these guys truly look at music as art and have each release stand on its own individually from an artistic standpoint, the people they work with, like it's just, it's just dope all the way around, man. So Please go follow and support these guys. And I want to say directly to Shaw and Danny once again, really appreciate you guys taking the time to come back on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Hopefully I didn't rant too much on that one. It was fun, though. We got to talk about the music. We got to talk about sports because we're all big sports heads as well, man. And uh, this time of year is is a favorite of mine, man, with the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. It really doesn't get any better than this. Baseball is starting up. Like To me, it's truly the best time of year for, for sports when March happens. When From March to like June, when you've got March Madness, you go into the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, then you have baseball starting up like it's just it's a beautiful time if you're if you're a fan of sports man so it was cool to geek out with those guys about Jordan and basketball and Iverson and all that man like um have a have a ton of respect for those dudes so once again make sure you go follow them at Shaw underscore Calhoun on Instagram at Big L Records on Instagram and go stream Fly Langston it's available where you get your music all the links will be in the podcast description for this episode y'all so I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to go on too much longer because I feel like we had just a good body of work on this one, man, for episode 101. It's just, uh, I'll just, I'll just close it on this note and say once again, man, it's just cool when you connect with other dope people out there. And um, I'm really fortunate that I've been able to have a lot of really cool creators on this show, you know, from established, you know, international touring musicians like Doc Coyle to, you know, dope up and coming artists like Shaw and like Danny and everything he's doing with Big Eleanor Records. And once again, Danny's a, a dope drummer in his own right. I'm going to put up the links to his his handiwork as a musician too, in addition to being a founder of a cool label like Big L. But uh, but yeah, man, connecting with, with awesome people out there, that's what this is all about. And I think that's what's really cool about modern technology is that you get to connect with people all over the world. You can do it from your living room. And I've been really fortunate to be in a position with this show where I have a chance to talk to some really cool people, man. So have a lot of respect for these dudes, and uh, I, I think the the sky's the limit, man. I think I think they're they're just getting started. They're just scratching the surface, and uh, you know I hope they don't quit, man. Once again, I'm going to keep driving that that message home. Just just go get it, whatever it is that you want to do out there, you guys. You know, my my grandma told me one time. You know, change starts with just you just got to take that first step. You just got to take that first step to to initiate big changes in your life, man, and. Uh, you know, and, and again, I've, I've been in those situations too where you feel like you're stuck in a rut. You feel like you're just kind of going in circles and going through the motions and you're kind of living like a zombie man. And, you know, and as I get older, I, I learn the importance of balance, you know, sleep, exercise, uh, you know, speaking well to yourself. You know, I, somebody told me one time, you, you know, Mike, you would never treat other people the way you treat yourself. And that hit home with me. I was like, man, yeah, I got to be better to myself. So love yourself love each other, and like I say on every episode as a tribute to my gramp, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Once again, everybody, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. Hit me up if you're a creator and you want to come on the show, share your story, share your music, get in touch with me. My website is March4th.Podbean.com. The link tree to all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode as well. And of course, most importantly, at Shaw underscore Calhoun, at Big L Records, 
Fly Langston out everywhere right now. Go listen to it. Tell your friends. Spread the word because those guys are doing dope stuff over there at Big Eleanor Records. So this week's episode, you guys know, I always like to feature a song from the artist. And uh, this one is a, is a special one. It's one that was handpicked by Shaw himself. So off of Fly Langston from Shaw Calhoun, here is the song Full Hunter. Peace. <laughs> Smooth like butter's worth Of course he got game, no shuttle's worth 